The absolute last Jim Henson movie, a fake movie made real, and Guy Ritchie's naughtiest film title. This week on 30 2010. Welcome to 302010, ladies and gentlemen, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine each week, celebrating the best anniversaries of movies, TV, video games, music, and so very much more. Uh, we're looking back at the world 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get it? 1990, 2020, 10, from the week of August 28th through September 3rd. We are straddling a little bit uh, of the months, so bear with us. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antistoop. I'm Diana Goodman, demented forever. <laughs> it's me, Sarah. And it's her, Sarah. No longer your birthday, but still kind of your birthday. I'm older yeah. and wiser. Yeah. <laughs> She'll never make this mistake again, doing a podcast during a pandemic. But <laughs> we all have to deal with this now. Uh, welcome to 302010. It is an odd, odd week of, I don't want to say like a ton of notable films, but no like bona fide classics, I would say. Nothing that'll make you crazy. That's a terrible way to sell the film. There's one, the, the one I, I know Diana's looking forward to <laughs> was by far the weirdest rewatch I've ever done with this show. I'd like, <laughs> how was this released in theaters? Like, holy, yeah. <laughs> holy shit. Uh, and, I would say there's some real strange, it's a real strange movie week. Just a lot of oddball movies. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and we'll, you can get started with that uh, without a lot of news to fall back on um, for 1990. Ghost, it's right back up there at number one. Shot right back up. Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, Whoopi Goldberg. You can't beat it. Uh, Ghost, nope. number one. Nope. Uh, None of these other things grab people. They're like, hey, I heard that Ghost movie was good. I, it's been out for two months. So I guess I'll go see it. I yeah. mean, uh, the, the, every movie that I've seen in 1990, they are... They, they were reliant on either rentals or mad cable viewings, mm-hmm. which, <laughs> yes, but not shrimp on the off shrimp of the Barbie. Oh. With, no, it's shrimp on the Barbie. Shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> my bad. But nobody cares uh, because it stars. It's made in Australia starring Emma Samson, Cheech Marin, and it is directed by Alan Smithy. So oh, the director no. took his name off it because it's terrible because it's about this like fancy lady who has Cheech pretend to be her boyfriend and there are popped monocles and going, oh my, a lot. But uh, we're in Australia, is, so the accent's different. I don't know. It is, sounds awful. Is this Australia? Like we got to make a sequel to that young Einstein. <laughs> Yanks aren't liking us. Who do we get? Cheech Marin, as Diana says. Jeez, I yeah. didn't say his name. That's Marin. <laughs> I don't know. Cheech Marin. Marine. Probably Marin. So Marine. he'll pop up later in the show. Oh, we will. That's right. This, but not to talk about varieties of pussy, sadly. But the same <laughs> character? Anyway, um, the the Lemon Sisters, I've never heard of this. Diane Keaton I, and Carol Kane. I hadn't either. The reviews were pretty brutal. Mm. But uh, I, I was interested if Sarah saw it because all the ads are like, it's a movie about friendship. Well, <laughs> you know I love friendship, but I missed out on this one. Dang it. Yeah, it sounds like you saved yourself some trouble. Oh, yeah. let's hear it's about holding on. I can take care of my own crazy self. I can feed my own crazy self. I can take care of my own twisted, pathetic love life. Just fine, all right? Now you can go, both of you. Diane Keaton. Carol Kane. Catherine Grody. Elliot Gould. Aiden Quinn. And Reuben Blades. Reuben Blades? 
Heights. In a comedy about one of life's greatest challenges, staying friends. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. This sounds excruciating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the name it's of the like song. They're, they're a cute, like, up-and-coming girl group, I guess, in the 60s at some point. And it's like, you know, their lives, their loves, the laughs, the crying, the... Oh, yeah. It, like, sat on a shelf for a year, and then when it finally got released, uh, the critics were like, well, this was amateurish. Why does this exist? I'm like, oh, oh ouch. ouch. Ow. But I love these people. Don't say that. Yeah, thanks. Carol Kane. I love you, Carol Kid. Mm. Please be my mom. <laughs> uh, and this, yeah, before Diane Keaton was one of the more bank, like, fuck, the, the 2010, she's like the, the, the most bankable female lead you can have for movies I wouldn't go anywhere near. <laughs> Our relationship, it's complicated. Anyway, the movie I did. That wasn't I, her. Was yeah. It? Uh, yeah. there's something about that guy. I don't know. It's it's always <laughs> it's always something like that. The movie I ended up rewatching, and again, this doesn't fall into like love, but like there's a scene, several scenes of like pure terror. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the the scenes in movies that haunted you when you were a kid and you don't remember what they're from, we found one. Jim Henson's <laughs> The Witches, <laughs> uh, based on a Roald Dahl book. With uh, truly frightening turns from Angelica Houston. It, if you, if, I was going to say, if you're an Angelica Houston fan, this is the best poster that's ever been made. It's Aww. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, with Rowan Atkinson and a bunch of people I don't know. It's very, very British. The Witches. For when a little boy accidentally stumbles into their secret world, he finds they've got a lot more power to me. than he ever imagined. <laughs> It's me, Luke. Luke. They turned me into a mouse. Oh, my. It was the Grand High Witch. Ooh, and her, her, her reveal of the witch is still like, yeah, her tearing down her forehead and then watching her nose so poke out. frightening. It, it, we, I remember hearing about this movie and everyone saying, like, I thought it was going to be fun and it was really scary. And I was like 13 at the time and people were traumatized it's, by it's, mm-hmm. I think it's also genuinely jarring because I'm rewatching it now. You know, I'm a busy man with a lot of things to do. I got to go to the a mechanic. I got to go to the dry cleaner. That's what adults do, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The vacuum <laughs> repair man. And like get to it movie and like this movie doesn't really move for like 40, 50 minutes. And then all of a sudden a bunch of women tear their skin off <laughs> and, 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 and turn a little boy into a mouse. And then the movie sort of gets going. And yes, this is the little boy turning the mouse by the witches. I I'm sure I don't know if you ladies are a fan of this style of witch. These witches are just pure malevolence and evil and they hate all children. They are mm-hmm. revamping themselves. I can't read that this is. The society of uh, containing children. All these witches want to eat children. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love, I love all it. witches. Mm-hmm. I think last year uh, we talked about this movie on uh, during our October Spookfest. scary fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did. I did an episode all about witches because I absolutely love witches. And I really love this movie, too. Mm-hmm. I did not come to this movie until I was older because... I believe like one of the opening scenes, a lady like the grandmother's telling the child about the yeah. witches and then reveals that she's like missing a finger or something because mm-hmm. a witch chopped it off. Yeah, all witches have square toes and glowy yeah. eyes. And mm. I was out at that point when I was a child. So I had not seen <laughs> past that until yet until last year when I watched it for the show. And yeah, it go it's it's a classic, man. I, I it I, I was like, is this just that it's too faithful to the novel? Like, no, any 
most of the stuff Jim Henson did in England that didn't involve the Muppets is pretty fucking scary. <laughs> and 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 we we don't think of the Jim Henson creature wa- workshop as often as makeup. Where like there's some incredible makeup in this food in this film. Oh yeah. And, but yeah. also a, a shout out to the puppeteers. The little mice I think are some of the smallest creatures the Henson Company had made at this point. Uh, I know Steve Whitmer was. Manning the Luke Mouse, disgraced Muppeteer Steve Whitmer. I love saying that because nope. I think he's the only person the Muppets ever fired. <laughs> mm. so, uh, yeah, yeah, he was the th- the second Kermit in between the weird one they have on Disney Plus. But uh, this movie to me is like still like it feels ten years older. It is very slow. It, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, it's I, it's I'm, the thing that confuses me the most is it's directed by Nicholas Rogue, who is. Not, not someone I think of as making children's films. Mm. He made performance, which was in Classic Corner a couple of weeks ago. But Don't Look Now, I think, is probably the movie Holy that people most know him for, the whole- which is extremely adult and yeah. very horrifying. Yeah, the the, <laughs> Ven- the Venetian horror movie with Donald Sutherland. Yeah, yeah. and it's freaking great. Mm. But I, I mean, I guess the consistency is the slow burning tension. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But uh, yeah. Uh, so this was, I mean, before pandemic this was scheduled to be remade yes uh, yes with, chris yeah, rock and with, stanley uh, tucci <laughs> oh, no, and hathaway is is the angelica houston right. which mm. yeah yeah but yeah with i mean chris's favorite filmmaker robert zemeckis yes. and uh, guillermo del toro on board oh hey, didn't zemeckis already like, make a good witch movie which is of eastwick wasn't that him no that's um what's the his Joe name Dante? Did, uh no uh george miller george miller yeah. my bad i knew it was someone from yeah. the twilight zone movie <laughs> yep. Sooner or later, we'll we'll pick the right one. Yep. But the yeah, the witches. It's no. it's worth a watch. I'd be curious to see what your kids think about it, only because I want to see them horrified. But um, it's absolutely worth a watch, and it's definitely in that vein of children in peril sort of thing, yeah. like real kind of almost real danger. Um, and they don't. Ca- it doesn't care about your kids' feelings or how scared they might be. They're going for it. Yeah. Man. It's just that they like most transformations when. They transform the kid into a mouse. In most cases, it would be a flash of a wand, a bright light, and the kid would be a mouse in his own clothing. And this is like, nah, let's show this kid's body <laughs> deforming, <laughs> yeah. spitting gas. Let's, <laughs> it's pretty grotesque in, by today's standards, which is why I'm recommending it. And the whole movie, too, like, I guess because maybe it's British, mm-hmm. it's got that, like, Instagram grime filter on everything, you know? <laughs> like, everything's kind of orange and brown. Yes. <laughs> like, it does not look like it's a 1990 movie. It looks like it's a 1977 yes. movie. Or, or a, a 2015 Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and that is streaming on Netflix, I believe. You can watch that on Netflix. Uh, the next movie. Oh, oh, God. Again, I have so many memories oh, from this, this decade. Uh I don't like this movie. I hate this movie. I've never seen this movie. I watched it last night. I hate it. I hate everyone involved in it. I hate that films exist now because of this. Yeah, because uh. of, because of the, the motivational work of writer-director Emilio Estevez, which, again, is another fun sentence. It's right up there with Disgraced Muppeteer. Writer-director Emilio <laughs> Estevez and uh, the one and only Keith David, Leslie Hope, and his brother, Charlie Sheen, jumped in the last minute to be in Men at Work. You have broken just about every city ordinance that pertains to this line of work. You can't say we haven't been a lot of laughs. Meet two guys who not only pick up, they deliver too. Uh oh. Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez deliver the laughs. What's he doing? I'm crashing! Men at work. 
starts Friday. August. <laughs> Men at work. <laughs> this uh, movie ugh. is bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like three different movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I like the first one, which is just a really careless, wacky garbage men. Mm-hmm. That that's the one that I liked versus um, oh no, I think I killed a guy rear window. And then the last one, which is <laughs> wackety schmackety wily coyote. Weekend at Bernie's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a little Weekend at Bernie's in there, too. Yeah. There's a lot of Weekend at Bernie's, be- yeah. which really does not have to happen. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> if if you learn one thing from this show this week, it's if you find a dead body, just back away and call the cops. Leave mm-hmm. it alone. Mm-hmm. No matter the circumstances. Don't touch it. Don't take it out. <laughs> don't put it in your truck. Don't take it home. Yeah, look. At- don't dress it up. I know every time I find a dead body and call the cops, they always ask, did you ID it? I'm like, oh, I forgot, man. I could have saved you some work. No, don't touch the body. <laughs> like, like, There's nothing you can do with the body. Right. Okay, so Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez are playing not brothers, even though they look alike. Bugs me. It was supposed to. It was supposed to be Judd Nelson, and he backed out for some reason. Uh, like everybody seemed to love this script weirdly because John Hughes was supposed to direct it, and he's like, "I wouldn't take this away from Emilio. He's too talented." He, he literally yeah. said something like that. He, wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like, but Charlie Sheen loved the script and kind of like begged to be involved. And why not? It's mm. like uh, it's not the first time they've starred together, but like it's there's something cool about their two brothers who are also big yeah. celebrities right now. Starring in a movie together, not just yeah. appearing in Young Guns together. Yeah, obviously they've got great chemistry, and mm-hmm. that's why when they're just like terrible garbage men, literally and figuratively, <laughs> then it's it's kind of a fun movie of just the, their carelessness of just you know throwing stuff in the truck and always throwing the cans wherever, and mm-hmm. you know have different ladies on their roots. Or it's like okay, and they're they're in a prank war with some other guys. Yeah. Sure. It was the first okay. movie I saw that's- people get hit by shit. Yeah. Um, it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the prank war part of it was there are fun elements to this movie for sure. It just does not fit together in any sort of coherent or mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's kind of jarring at parts the way it doesn't fit together. Mm-hmm. It's like when you jam two jigsaw puzzle pieces together and it just yeah it's not, it doesn't feel you right. Just get out the hammer and just start hitting them really hard. Like Ugh, yeah, but I want this cloud it. here. David has some very fun lines in this movie, though. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, great. it was it was a tough call of what I should introduce myself with. Uh, mm. Whether I should go with Demented Forever. Well, it looks like someone threw away a perfectly nice white boy. <laughs> <laughs> but when he starts having Vietnam flashbacks and they start doing the dee 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 music, I was like, yeah. oh no, that's not great. Uh, we are officially do- like I was barely hanging on movie. Because then it becomes this thing about like Charlie Sheen like he shoots a guy with a pellet gun and then they find the guy's body later and he's like oh no I somehow contributed to this which well that makes no sense you shot him in the butt uh you really have nothing to do with this but of course it turns out like oh he's got a MacGuffin that got swapped with this other MacGuffin and now they got now they find the lady with the MacGuffin and that leads to this corruption thing with a bad guy who is one of the oiliest 80s bad guys like Mm -hmm. i love how he's not even hiding it he's just hi i'm an unctuous motherfucker and i work at evil core yeah and then and there's these two cops they don't like and then like the last 40 minutes is just this roadrunner cartoon of everyone running around kidnapping each other back and forth and back and forth and then well, seriously, like circus music is playing. Yeah, that, I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. 
Oof. I, I, I skipped like this. I said, there are fun parts to it. And it kind yeah. of does have to be seen to be believed because some of it is so outlandish that, I don't know, it's just I... very strange. I mean, tying up the two cops on playground equipment, it's kind of fun. Mm. <laughs> the two bike cops. So yeah. I... This is another yeah. situation where uh, uh, I think with my Space Invaders movie gallery marquees i got the life-size marquee of men at work and it was in my room for way longer than i had than i had any like wherewithal to remove it i'm a kid i'm barely throwing shit out cleaning up at all but i looked at these guys arms crossed over a garbage can for years of my life and slowly like (laughs) cut it apart when i was angry and like (laughs) cut their heads off and i think when i was a teenager i was just left with the sign men at work but it was from this. It, this minute work mark, he was in my room for fucking ever. And it makes me hate it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't yeah. know why. It's There's a lot great. of reasons to hate it. Mm. I hated it. <laughs> Diana hated it. Sweet. We should I make hated a it. new category. Roger Ebert sold several books based on just that category. <laughs> uh, I, I, I meant to dig in a little more to this to see if this theme rings a bell for anybody for, as we move to TV. Not me. Not, not me, because uh, this I haven't been able to find for a long time. I believe last I heard it was streaming on Crackle. Oh, Minute Work, you can find it at HBO Max, by the way. Um, yeah. No, and, wait, uh, Prime. Amazon. Yeah, yeah, Amazon Prime. And um, but, but why would you? But, yeah, well, but at yeah, least don't. you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. But Parker Lewis Can't Lose, to me, like embodied where like my little brain latched onto the Fox network, mostly because mm-hmm. of The Simpsons. But then their Saturday morning cartoons, your Batman, your Tiny Toons, and then their primetime fair was all kind of youth oriented. And part, I have a ton of positive memories about Parker Lewis Can't Lose, but it only went three seasons. It was never really syndicated outside of uh, mm-hmm. originally on USA, and I think went straight to crackle in what they called minisodes. Very <laughs> strange. But uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, it is just a Ferris Bueller ripoff. Yeah. And But I'm saying that as in like, you see a ton of shows like this now where people talk to the camera from Malcolm in the middle to Kevin Spacey yelling at you as the president. But like that wasn't really happening on television at all. Like something that broke the, broke the fourth wall. It was live action, but it was incredibly cartoony. Mm-hmm. Three ne'er-do-well high school students dressed in the most 90 shoulder paddy, tiger printy, <laughs> wayward triangle, spiked hair kind of way. It's gorgeous. I love the principal who yelled and slammed the door and broke the glass in her door every time like (laughs) weird cartoony stuff like that but it's such an early basis of my taste and memories but like yeah i haven't been able to find it anywhere and Mm. i I still don't know where you can watch parker lewis can't lose i still and i wouldn't even know what happened to coronemic had my uncle not been stationed in bulgaria and (laughs) forced to deliver lines in a movie called mansquito starring (laughs) coronemic Uh, you can, he's, he's attributed as doctor, and his name, Antista, is misspelled in the credits. But uh, he, <laughs> he, he has the line, Parker Lois, they fundamentally altered this man's DNA. Bam! Good on you, Uncle Bob. Uh, but, uh, Parker Lewis, does anybody remember this? No. Yeah, mm. yeah. And it looks like, yeah, uh, at least two of the seasons are on Crackle. Mm. So that's that's fun. Yeah, I remember this just generally trying it's one of those shows where it's like i didn't watch it religiously but i dropped in and out and it was yeah it was fun it has that i feel like it's it's ferris bueller but he's less of an asshole yeah because you can watch the movie ferris bueller and see oh he's actually the villain poor cameron is the victim here Mm -hmm. and it's so weird that we had ferris bueller the tv show last 
week. Yeah. And, and that and, this beats it, it, it like critically and survives. <laughs> yeah. And that made it what, like eight episodes or something. And this goes a couple seasons and it's got, yeah, it's the fashions. Oh God. Just looking at pictures. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> and if I can speak Whoa. to nineties kids, like even more than the show, whoever Fox's promo guy was, they would run a laugh track on the promos, even though Parker Lewis didn't have a laugh track. And just that guy on Fox up next, Parker Lewis can't lose. They'd run it like all fucking day. So when you're trying to watch Bobby's world and Animaniacs, you'd be, constantly plugged with this kind of stuff and i i want to plug my favorite character uh kubiak he's played by abraham yes. ben ruby who i i didn't most tv watchers would know him from being on like almost 150 episodes of er <laughs> a yeah. much more successful ah, show yes but okay on this show he was the monosyllabic bully slash frenemy uh kubiak slash kub who yes who would always be kub likes Coob's in. Uh, <laughs> and I always loved his character. And I, yeah, I was, I'm glad to see that they, he, he went on to do the most notable things of anybody in the cast. Yeah. He's, he, he pops up in the background of so many like different shows or just briefly here and there, or as a voice actor, he's on basically every episode of robot chicken. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, Awesome. Hey, Kubiak. I still call, I still think him as Kubiak because yeah, I watched too. ER for like eight years. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I, I don't watch Parker Lewis every time I see him like Coob. It's cool, baby. <laughs> That's uh, so, yeah. I mean, just looking at like the cast from like just looking on Wikipedia, like almost every single person in the cast, their bio says best known for their role on Parker Lewis Parker can't Lewis. lose. And that's it. That's yeah. Fox, baby. Taking a lot that's of chances. So strange. Taking a lot of chances or not paying very well. You decide, no. <laughs> you decide. No one on The Simpsons would say that. But The Simpsons just starts airing in England at this point with Ooh. the episodes called The Simpsons where they're. It's weird. It's the it's the time they spend the most out of their regular outfits. Uh, but yeah, Call of the Simpsons starts airing in the UK this week on Sky One. So for yeah, people over the pond, it's your it's your anniversary, The Simpsons. Congratulations! And well, that's really a testament, right, to how popular they became so quickly worldwide. I mean, the fact that it got exported like that you're right. to yeah. another country. I mean, it was only it was only on for a year before yeah, this happened. No, it's it's like less than fifteen episodes. There's there's thirteen yeah. episodes maybe at this point, and wow, you're right. Really, that, I think that would take a little longer to be exported like that. Uh, oh, I think so. I mean, think about. I wonder. Well, how long did it? Well, we're in a different era now, but I was just thinking about like how long before we found out about the British office before it came right. over here. It was probably more than a year, I would say. Right? Not, not if not oh, if your not if your parents are consistent. Uh, public television donors yeah. and we definitely got it advertised in that catalog that oh yeah you want this money python dvd set it's 400 dvds 10 episodes that'll be 300 dollars. <laughs> very very weird and a tote bag uh, actually you know you know i got i i got into the office because i was reading an interview with matt graining and he said it's what? not out in the u.s yet. yeah he's not out in the u.s yet it's one of my favorite new shows and like Okay, I'll track this down. Ooh. And I torn it because uh, of Matt Groening. Interesting. Way to tie it together, Sarah. And, and to tie it together, sagas of Chris's life, uh, Bob Vila's Home Again begins this week in syndication and went for 16 years. In my house, Bob Vila was a household name. I feel like he was shorthand for public television personalities, for <laughs> like home fixer-upper shows before there were multiple networks dedicated to that. Bob Vila was the guy, and if you look at him, he's very unassuming. He's just kind of like a uh -huh. yeah, mild-mannered, happy-voiced dude with a beard. And my dad watched this old – I hated it. Being a one-TV household with no cable was just fucking agonizing, and I hated it. I hated Bob Vila so much. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he'll teach my... you how to miter those corners just right. Yeah. 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 And also, too, he apparently the Bob Vila website is actually still a very good resource for little videos about how to fix this or that or how to install tile or something like that. That's like yep. kind of our go to around the house is like that's usually where we start when we're trying that's, to figure out how to like do something. That's crazy. Handy. It's like yeah. you can still mm -hmm. find good reviews on Roger Ebert's website. Bob Vila's the if you're under 30, I'm saying if you're under 30, I know his name means nothing. But if you're over 30, you know. Mm -hmm. This was a household name in television for a very, very long time, and he's just like, he's just like too milk toast to even parody. They I remember people a parody, but no <laughs> one did a Bob Vila impression. And of course, I remember it because my mother one year got my father and this old house VHS because you could do public television. He's like, "Would you like a copy of this? Please send thirty nine ninety nine in a self addressed stamp envelope to this address." And my dad got two episodes of This Old House on VHS. Guess how long he watched those. However, uh, little Chris and his miscreant friends stole a Playboy video from uh, <laughs> from uh, Sam Goody, and oh. I would either hide it in the, my house's insulation, or it would travel amongst our homes in a this old house clamshell case from PBS. <laughs> The most unassuming wow. porn cover you've ever seen in your entire life. Uh, yeah, highlighting non-penetrative, uh, <laughs> comically stupid <laughs> '90s titties. I don't know why we were so into it. I feel very old right now. But well, you know, it's the same with Bob Vila. It's like there is no internet. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I, I have a problem right now that I've been doing a drywall project, but now I got to make the textures match up. What? <laughs> What's like? How else am I supposed to know how to do that if I don't have an internet? I right. can call around, ask the guy at the hardware store, right. or wait for it to come up on Bob Vila, I guess. Just tape every week until maybe he tells me. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty new to having a car and off mic. I told you guys I had, you know, car issues, and by that I mean hanging metal. And I thought like, well, do I take it into a mechanic or just look it up on YouTube? That's how I yeah. fix everything else yep. in my life. Like fucking youtube <laughs> why not uh i don't know how i got there but it doesn't matter because there's no games for 1990 but there are a ton to talk about and we're gonna have a brand new episode of 302010 games at patreon.com slash laser time if i didn't plug that earlier this show is brought to you by rafael uh and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time who support us at the five dollar level still working on trying to get you guys your your special movie treat but uh there's a lot of limitations including do you guys know Comcast turned off our data caps after uh, their spate of niceness during the pandemic? Ooh. Yeah. Then, uh, I, I did find temporarily, I don't, mm -hmm. God knows how long it's going to be there, but Pump Up the Volume is on YouTube in like 20 parts. Is that, or do they all connect? Yes. Okay. I There's saw, a playlist I saw of Pump Up the Volume. We will do but, what we can, people. Yep. But it's you who, who the hell knows if that's going to stay there very long. So watch pump up the volume, everyone. Go for it. 1990 music, though. We have some new releases. The Earth, a small man, his dog and a chicken by REO Speedwagon. <laughs> really bring it into the 90s. Thank you, REO Speedwagon. Otis by Mojo Nixon. Uh, Time's Up by Living Kalur. Uh, Mama Said Knock You Out by LL Cool J. To the mm. Extreme, the debut of Vanilla Ice. You'll never guess Whoa. which one of these I had. Oh, oh my. <laughs> so... Yeah, this is all we're going to listen to in 1991. Uh, LL Cool J, I can't believe this album like does not start heading up the charts until mostly 91. So with weird. Around the Way Girl and Mama Said Knock You Out. So Mama Said it Knock takes, You Out is a great song. Because it's it an amazing song and it was huge, but it takes a while. And same with Vanilla Ice. Well, it, it's going to take a little while. 
and that's a good living color album also and uh otis by mojo nixon is a lot of fun and i thought about could i cram don henley must die into this episode and i realized <laughs> mm, but the main the the main Lyric is Don Henley must die. Don't let him get back together with Glenn Fry. And Glenn Fry ah. died. <laughs> and so now I feel a little bad. I don't feel bad. He was on. I like way Mojo. Out. Uh, but we're going to close out instead with "If Wishes Came True" by Sweet Sensation. Sweet Sensation because it's number one this week. I cannot picture this song. Is this something we would no. know? You you can almost guess just from the "If Wishes Came True" the band name Sweet Sensation and it's 1990. <laughs> there's gonna be some drum machines there's going to be so you know key keyboard maybe a guitar i don't it's you know what it's gonna sound like all Come right on. all right well let's take you out there but it's the last 90s thing you're gonna hear mr or mrs uh because when we get back it's all 2000 if we Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But I'm like, are you forgetting how many good Batman movies there are? Yeah. And then we were even chatting about it like, earlier this week. 50%, 50%, 50% of Batman movies are good. And I've learned to enjoy Forever and Robin, if that's what you're thinking. But I, I will never enjoy the Zack Snyder movies. Those are bad Batman movies. So that was leading into my next thing, which is bad like, Batman. I did not like Batflex. So I don't actually care if he's reprising the I, I don't feel like he got a fair shake. I like Batman and Justice League, but like that's not real. It's a, it's a it's a course correct from two bad movies. And Yeah. And and, and, and so then of course the Snyder cut they showed and I thought that trailer was a joke. I thought I said, "Oh, someone <laughs> put together a spoof trailer using Using Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, you fucking internet, you got him, got him, and then it's like, no, that's. The I real don't. Trailer. I don't know how it's going to be. I, I feel like we're watching the Republican National Convention, and you will hear no one ever, <laughs> ever, evoke George W. Bush's name. The last person since Ronald Reagan to win two terms as Republican, and he's embarrassing to bring up. That's when this is over. You guys will never talk about Justice League again. You will I, never. I, I thought where you're heading, and, and then it, it's the perfect description. Zack Snyder is the RNC of the DC universe. He's directors. the, he's the he's George the W. Bush. It was better than other things, but it's still terrible. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. I don't want to rock, DJ, but you're making me feel so nice. When's it gonna stop, DJ? Cause you're keeping me up all night. Oh, coming in with Rock DJ by uh, Robbie Williams off of Sing When You're Winning. Great album title. Great song. One of the best videos I've ever seen in my whole life. That's why I had to put it in here. There's a couple other songs off of here. I like I like Kids, which is a duet with Kylie Minogue. It's, that's a nice little banger. But this video. Mm-hmm. 
is I kind of don't want to spoil it. Yeah, Please go watch Rock DJ video. Yeah, yeah, it's it gets it gets sexy and then pretty gross. Yeah. And, uh, welcome to 2000, everybody. Why else are we talking about Robbie Williams? What Rock DJ? August 28th to September 3rd. Uh, Robbie all- Williams is one of those things that Britain tried to make happen, and we were like, "God, Britain, stop trying to make Robbie Williams happen. It's not going to happen." But like, <laughs> why not? He's a great, like, bona fide. Well, it happened. Star. It happened more for him. I mean, he was in that. Was it Take That? The boy band, yeah. Yeah. and, and mm-hmm. that really didn't take over here in the middle right. of the boy band craze. But at least, like, Robbie Williams, he's doing like MTV Movie Awards performances and shit. Uh, especially yeah, this song. But most people, if you were like, hey, remember Robbie Williams? They'd mm. be like, who? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> who? My, my, my lady at the time was totally obsessed with him, so we were all over it. Uh, to, to a very annoying extent. New releases out 2000, August 28th through September 3rd. Look What I Almost Stepped In by the Vandals, <laughs> the kings of great album titles. Uh, uh, La Luna by Sarah Brightman. And uh, Together Again, colon again by Together. That is the fake MTV boy band, right? Right. And when starring Chris Farley's brother. Um, yeah. I believe they had a show on MTV. Anyway, Doesn't Really Matter by Janet Jackson is still number one. Welcome to 2000, everyone. A little bit of news to bring you in. A Gloria Steinman marries for the first time at age 66 environmentalist David Bale. He dies three years later of mysterious circumstances. Nope, no? but that is how Gloria Steinem became Batman's mother. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. David Bale is Christian Bale's dad. Oh yeah. my God, I always really? forget about that. I, I forgot about that. His dad's an environmentalist? Yep. Was an environmentalist he to was, his dying day. But... Mm. Uh, well, good on you, Gloria Steinman, for three years at least. Uh, 2,000 movies. <laughs> she finally got her bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. But, uh, but <laughs> You guys laughed a lot, so I thought it was cool. Um, did I, I regale you with the, the titles, the Bring It On titles from around the world? Um, I did that oh, off yeah, mic. Yeah, said that to us. I did that off mic while looking for art from it, and just that, like, oh, it didn't occur to me, Bring It On is kind of an American statement, and they would have to title mm. this something different throughout the globe. It just made me laugh to see Czech titles, French titles, uh, what were they... Cheer Fever, Girls United. I think there was a Girls Unlimited. <laughs> and Bravo Girls. And, um, and that's my thing. Uh, and then I, I think a translation from one of the Czech ones was Teenagers, colon, the hot ones. <laughs> and uh, the, the French title is simply American Girls for bringing on. Teenagers, the hot ones. Mm-hmm. I guess there are no goth Czech teenagers. Jeez. Well, just think about what they have to do. Anyway, uh, uh, Whipped with Amanda Pete, Brian Holt, and Beth Ostrowski is out this week. I feel like I vaguely remember this. Yeah. Saving Grace, I do remember only because uh, Craig Ferguson, which for some reason, like, I don't know. That dude I was on the Drew Carey show. I'm like, why am I interested in this dude? He's funny. And he wrote yeah. this movie, didn't he? Saving Grace? I Oh, I have to double check that. Um, I do know, like, I remember Saving Grace. It's a really cute movie. You know, like, the Brits do so much of the time of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a cute little movie about like cute little stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Craig Ferguson uh, co-wrote it. Uh, and it's about, you know, this lady in Britain, Brenda Bleffin, who finds out like she's super in debt because her husband's an idiot. So she be- starts growing weed. And what I and and it's really cute. And I remember seeing it like back in the day and it's really cute. I didn't realize that it has a television spinoff in the UK Damn. based on one of the characters called Doc Martin. <laughs> oh my god, I love 
Doc Martin. And it's it's supposed to have its tenth season any day now. <gasps> they said there's a tenth series coming, but it's got nine seasons in the UK. Oh, I had no man. idea that was a Saving Grace spinoff. I didn't either. Well, now I need to go back and watch Saving Grace because Doc Martin is so pleasant. <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's about a curmudgeonly village doctor who comes from the big city and moves into this tiny fishing village with all the cast of characters around and it is charming as fuck <laughs> wow all right well well throw him into the charming little village and there's a middle-aged lady who wants is just decided i want to learn about drugs so i can grow some and get money wow. she awesome. actually talks a lot higher than that. brenda blethin has a really high voice any high up like this anyway <laughs> And uh, uh, <laughs> a movie I owned on DVD and have seen it several dozen times, the Donald Logue star with Greer Goodman, The Tao of Steve. Um, I remember not becoming obsessed with it, like love trailers. And right before they started hitting the internet, there was that e-show coming attractions. We're like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, I'll watch like, like a half an hour to an hour of trailers. And this would be the odd one out, like the non-big studio movie. But also, I like Donald Logue. Uh, I don't yeah. know what he had done just yet. He was the... He's a taxi driver in that the MTV shorts, wasn't he? You seen that yeah. sabotage video with Coach? He goes, Coaches! Like, sorry. Was, <laughs> that was that was him. And I thought the guy was fucking hilarious. And and then there was this movie about a schlubby fat guy who just can't stop getting laid. Because he lives by the Dow of Steve, that Steve being Steve McQueen. And it's about this chubby, schlubby Lothario settling down. And in hindsight, like nothing really it's hard to even like recommend but i watched it a ton because it's mostly a funny film uh and 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 just i'm i'm not i wasn't quite the the schlubby guy who was okay with women but i had a i don't did you not have baffling friends like that like there is no way this guy should be getting anything and it says wins all day and then like what is he doing everything i'm reading in this magazine is wrong apparently if i just gain a little weight wear the same clothes every day i'll be i'll be doing as good as donald Logue. Yeah, I've I've had guy friends where my other guy friends didn't understand, but I did. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it, and I because I, I have I've had mostly guy friends forever, but I have guy friends that do really well with women that I as a woman don't quite understand. Like I, no, you're it's like a different kind of woman, I guess. I, I don't get it's, it. It's ineffable mm-hmm. that yeah. they're effable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I think we've everybody knows someone like that, mm-hmm. and it. I don't know. I found I really like this movie a lot as well. I found it to be quite charming, and I really like Donnell Logue. Mm-hmm. Well, he hasn't done anything weird or creepy, why? Right? Like, let's. I hope not. I don't think I don't think he has any. Like, he doesn't have creepy money. <laughs> okay. Not sure if he's capable. I really like Terriers quite a bit, which was the show that he had for one season on mm-hmm. FX. Uh, mm-hmm. And I also recommend checking that out because it was way too short-lived. Um, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. I like this movie. It's very relaxing and and just kind of chill. And man. I was looking forward to yeah. seeing, hearing the trailer because the trailer has a theme song that is the, the chorus is the Dow Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was having it, trouble finding it because we, so, we have a whole bunch of movies that I had to it's true, it's move true. on to to bigger ones that people might remember. But this, Saving Grace and Dow of Steve, I feel like, are both like cute little quirky gems that, that are recommendable over Highlander this, Endgame. This is embarrassing <laughs> just because like I, I to give you an insight on in how I researched the show, like, oh, I saw that, got that. I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm going to leave this to, to last in case we come up against a time crunch. And just, I got, I wasn't up against a time crunch and I'm just like, I don't 
fucking understand anything about Highlander. It is no. one of the oddest blind spots for well, me. It, it nestled in with like, huh? Yeah, everybody knows that. There can only be one, but the same people are always in them. So, like, clearly this isn't working. And Yeah, no, but, like, the first Highlander movie is, you know, simple and effective, and it's a lot of fun, and we get it. And then, then all of a sudden it's got something to do with outer space. Yes. And then, <laughs> there's, then there's some other shit. And then there's a TV show, and I guess Highlander Endgame is how they sort of meld their they universes. Did. They did. And, mo- and, like, most people would never have the gall to do this. Only Star Trek got to behave like this. And like Serenity, most people when they make a movie, like we want to make this accessible to blah blah. blah. Dude, the, the cast of the show and the movies are combined. I know Christopher Lambert is in the first one in some of the show, but not all of the show. It's a different person on the show for six seasons, and I just like I'm I'm I give up. Like I I don't know why I was in to genre fantasy stuff the most, but like, I don't know where people were seeing Highlander because I couldn't see it anywhere. It was a joke on mystery science theater 3000 that I eventually saw the Sean Connery movie, (laughs) (laughs) but this is, I believe the fourth film, but both the, but both the show and the movies kept going. And I think not unlike the Marvel comics, they don't reboot their continuity. They like, keep with their continuity there's no real reboots in this world mm. um the showcase of the immortals a bunch of immortals who have to cut each other's heads off to be only one <laughs> i don't know i don't know i really don't know about highlander i need one of you to r- write a detailed comment uh lasertimepodcast.com uh but highlander endgame is out this week supposedly to meld and end the se- the movie series and the tv series a supernatural enemy has grown too strong for any immortal to face alone. He surrounded himself by immortals loyal only to him. There has never been a more powerful immortal. They are the worst. What has always been a fight for one. Neither one of us can beat him alone. Has now become a battle two must face. You and Connor like brothers wow so there can be two okay i guess we were all wrong but it's still semi-interesting and we're still dealing it just baffles me because we're still dealing with the bit of a monoculture and even bad sci-fi movies i've i've seen several times from 2000 but highlander nothing i got nothing with highlander that's just it's just too complicated for me man yeah i'm just too confused i'll just watch that first movie it's fine whatever yeah I no. watch, watch Sean Connery collect a paycheck any way I can. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Come on, Clancy Brown, yo. Clancy Brown. I am the last one. That's from a different movie. And the next movie I think <laughs> is like is purely Diana's rodeo. <clears throat> I was watching oh, this uh, rewatching this again today after having watched it earlier. It's it's on Tubi. It's the first time I remember seeing Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh first time I remember seeing Michael Shannon, Adrian mm-hmm. Grenier, Alicia Witt, Stephen Dorff. And Melanie Griffith and Cecil B. Demented from John Waters. 7.02 p.m. When the word is given, we will seize the cinema. I am Cecil B. Demented! And this is a kidnapping! Hello, Miss Whitlock. I am Cecil B. Demented, and I'm your new director. I'd like you to meet your co-stars. I call them the sprocket holes. Don't worry. We're horny. But our film comes first. This is, I don't know, there's too many. This is so fucking weird. So if Highlander can be in a movie theater, I guess Cecil B. Demented can too. This is great, man, if you've never seen Cecil B. Demented. Diana, tell the people about Cecil B. Demented. 
Oh boy. Uh, well, so Cecil B. Demented is a loose. It's kind of a version of what happened to Patty Hearst, who's in which the movie. Is really disturbing because Patty Hearst is in the movie. She's in a couple John Waters movies, yes. but it's about uh, Melanie Griffith plays a really obnoxious Hollywood star who gets kidnapped by these like this cult of underground filmmakers uh, who then force her to be in their movie, which is both a movie and is like a series of terror attacks and a manifesto about the, the movie. I love the movie just starts with like a multiplex playing only star Wars and star Trek. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, they go attack theaters that are playing things like patch Adams director's cut. And they're like, no, this must be destroyed. Good on him. Um, yeah. And then uh, she gets like full on Stockholm syndrome and she is an, an active participant. Uh, she's not being forced. And that's when they, they pull their, their big their, their big climactic show, which will be attacking the set of Forrest Gump two, <laughs> which is starring Kevin Nealon as himself. It is, <laughs> it is. All this is so fucking surreal, and with the beauty of John Waters stuff, it's like you know I'm I'm liking living in a society where young people are a little more sensitive and aware of shit. But mm. man, could you never show this to anyone? today like there are so many <laughs> naughty things that are said here uh, well I, and just, played for jokes just just the shootout in a theater like at yes the beginning, already that made me uncomfortable like oh yeah yes. that part yeah. made me what about like uh i like this because my whole family fucked me in front of the christmas tree no they didn't <laughs> yes they did first my like it, it's it's pure john it's like waters aristocrats like, <laughs> aristocrats <laughs> not cats <laughs> I was like, that's sick. <laughs> there, there's, yeah, there's just a ton of stuff in here, but like also like a, a camp, queer, fun. I love that they have yes. like the introduction of all the different characters. Um, I didn't remember how they did it, and I thought it was going to be like flashy and Tarantino-esque, but it's literally like Melanie Griffith is tied up, and they want, they line up one after another with no fanfare. Like, hi, I'm Lyle. Yeah. I I'm hate myself for not being gay. oh my god yes yeah and each one has has a tattoo of of a filmmaker who's you know an outsider artist or schlock artist or yeah um it's it's a weird grouping the only one i disagree with is otto preminger i feel like he's too mainstream but andy warhol herschel gordon lewis david lynch kenneth anger uh pedro almodovar rainer Werner, fassbender Mm -hmm. william castle spike lee sam peckinpah and sam fuller is like I'm sitting there like going, yeah. Like, you can hear a little in the trailer, like, don't worry, we won't rape you. <laughs> we have committed <laughs> to a vow of celibacy until our film is done. So everybody's super horny all the time. <laughs> just all the time. Anything mm-hmm. happens, they all just start going, oh. <laughs> <sighs> and they're like, no, save it for the movie. And like, it's it's so crazy to like talk about a movie that shot this well with people you recognize that just couldn't exist today in any way. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I do. I, I think so. I don't know. I mean, some of it is a lot of fun. Like um, Adrian Grenier, I think, yeah, it's probably the first time I saw him in mm-hmm. anything either as just, he's got a really good life philosophy, which is I used to have a lot of problems until <laughs> I started doing drugs. And now I only have one problem, have one drugs. Problem. <laughs> that's and enough, he that's... does every drug in the world. Yeah, that's an old AA kind of maxim, actually. That was something that, yeah, has been around for a while. But yeah, that movie, it it was wild and honestly, so much fun. This is the movie Mm -hmm. I actually watched on my birthday last week. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, I really want to save it for a special occasion. And I love John Waters so much. So uh, I absolutely loved every second of it, especially when they go into the porn theater and then they get like, <laughs> Oh, no, when they go into the action movie theater, they get defended by all the action movie, like, genre people. Oh, so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. The movie is really fun. And, I mean, to me, the main thing that gave me pause was the the shooting in a theater, which just feels kind of uncomfortable now. And and just most of the gun stuff, honestly. (laughs) Like, all the all the public shootings. Yeah, this might be Not the great. bloodiest yeah. movie okay. that John Waters did where like a yeah. lot of people end up getting killed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a you're lot. right. You're right. I missed Yeah, time. they're getting shot and they are dying and uh, it's sort of played for ha 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 and you're like, mm, really though." The other stuff that's like, you know, I guess maybe seen as transgressive especially like the pansexuality of it all and, and the drug use and everything. I found it to be like so fun and charming. Like, I, I don't it. know. It's almost kind of quaint now, to be honest. I, mm-hmm. I didn't see really like too much craziness with that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I, I feel like we said this for like all of the John Waters films that we've mm-hmm. said, talked about, but it's, it's a, I probably wouldn't start with this one. I'd probably start with something like Hairspray mm-hmm. because this has a certain amount of ugliness to it that oh, is wow. definitely a John Waters thing where it's like mm-hmm. the people are dressed ugly. They act annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're just, you know, they're filthy. They're just filthy. Mm-hmm. He loves filth. Yeah. But in a fun, campy, filthy way, <laughs> not like I'm actually getting tetanus kind of way. I like seeing Mel- the evolution of Melanie Griffith's eyebrows going from like <laughs> movie star eyebrows that by the end she just says full divine eyebrows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and her hair is just getting worse and worse. And yes. worse. Yeah, it's but great I, in this. I, I I don't know. I love the flavor of it so much. My it just was writing something then, and I just turn up, and then uh, Michael Shannon is yelling at Melanie Griffith while she's still scared of being a hostage. He's like, shut the fuck up and tell us what Mel Gibson's balls look like. And then the, <laughs> the scene just changes. <laughs> tell me about Mel Gibson's dick and balls. <laughs> my fave. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's, it's in wonderfully poor taste in a way that, mm. I don't know, it, John Waters has a way of assembling, like just assembling the Avengers of a, I don't know, underrepresented people in, <laughs> in films. And it's, yeah. it, it, it's not, it's not in a way I would call unacceptable. It's just that like, I can't imagine anybody wanting to like put their reputation on this and like uh, <laughs> with, with this kind of content, but it's like, it, it is still, I think at its core for angry film nerds. Yeah. And, and absolutely. Yeah. So that, like, that will play really well today. It's like, I am sick of everything being a comic book adaptation or a spinoff or version of a tv show or something like that is what they're railing against they want underground truth in cinema all of hollywood is a lie mm-hmm. and that's why they end up joining forces first with the action uh like kung fu fans and then with the porn fans <laughs> of like no we want truth in our films these are this is all just sedatives trying to keep you down and like let's all have a pasolini film festival god damn it because that's real yeah, I, I fucking love this. It's and it's you can watch it for free on Tubi with yeah. uh, minor added well, options. It's funny though that you said that you know they would feel that way now about all the remakes and comic book movies that have been made because the movies that they're railing against in two thousand are like real schlocky family fare, like your yeah. Forrest Gumps and your Patch Adams. We don't really have that now as much. We have like the more of like the, yeah. what you would 
think of like summer blockbuster types that are, you know, the pure popcorn movies. The pedantic Twitter nerd in me is like, hey, John, you can cool it on the Star Trek thing. That's not really happening right now. Like, there's there's no Star Trek to be mad but at. I, because I hadn't seen this pretty much since it came out, and I forgot that there was a scene I think is my favorite scene now where they, they get into a yelling match with like a bunch of angry moms mm-hmm. and just yell family film is code for censorship. And I was like, yes, but no. Yeah. Yeah. Uncomplicated film code for censorship. I don't know. Yeah. But still it's, uh, it's, 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 it's everything about it is funny. It's, it's the thing that John Waters does better than anyone else. Like just whatever yeah. type of characters you want to call these, uh, everyone's yeah. playing, kind of an impossible person <laughs> yeah they're just like agents of chaos yeah. basically but with a yeah. purpose yeah, it's just yeah like, I, I think was pecker his, his last one like pecker yeah at, at least could ground the film and there's like there's nobody here to ground anything it's just it's nope. just wall-to-wall dementedness and it's wonderful yeah and um, everyone who's not part of like the demented gang is a caricature Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's like no nothing around it. Yeah, it reminds all, me of very great. much of, of well, except for Ricky Lake. She's the only one that plays like a real person. I feel like <laughs> it reminds mm. me more of a trauma movie than a John Waters movie at some points. But because <laughs> everything everything's a parody. But less gross. It's great. Yeah. Less gross. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cecil B. Demented. I feel like that's sort of like the the hidden gem amongst all of these that's that maybe you haven't heard of. Yeah. yeah. Totally yeah. recommend. It's my recommend of the week. Uh, it's definitely not Snatch because all of you have seen it. Aha. Uh, Stephen Graham, uh, Jason Statham. Uh, oh, God. Rod Ace heard about And Brad Pitt. Yeah, he's in here. Is And Vinny Jones and Dennis Farina and Benicio Del Toro. Snatch, baby. Frankie Fourfingers has a diamond the size of a fist. 86 carats. You know something that I don't? Jeez, it's flawless. Where? London. London. You know, fish, chips, cup of tea, Mary Poppins, London. What do I know about diamonds? I'm a boxing promoter. I've got a bare knuckle fight, so I want to use the pie key. Special Vaseline. Concentrate. Ah. Uh, what? You're going to have to repeat that. Special Vaseline. Concentrate. What? Match, baby. <laughs> it's it's difficult to describe, but only because, you know, Guy Ritchie has a style, shooting everything mm-hmm. out of order. Sometimes I'm I'm annoyed by that. and like, I only didn't know that because you didn't let me see that. Why why'd you, hmm. why'd you like shave off one little thing that would help me understand everything better to show it to me later? Eh. Anyway, but but Snatch is, uh, it's carrying on the uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels formula. They're the most samey yeah. movies. And I love Lock, Stock because it was just so original and out there. And this is just like kind of a Hollywood version of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, oh, well, let's just take Lock, Stock. We'll do like 40% more. Mm-hmm. And now we have like more actors you recognize, but still a lot of like weird british dudes that you don't i mean some you recognize i mean i I know people still probably didn't know who jason statham was and he's given kind of like the clear out and out starring role in this and and i was just looking at like guy Ritchie's career and it's just like holy shit awesome (sighs) oh my god that sucks that's awesome oh king arthur that sucks oh revolver oh aladdin what are you doing oh (laughs) madonna yeah (laughs) Uh, oh, the gentleman! Oh, what the fuck, Aladdin! Ugh. And uh, yep. but he just he, he Aladdin wasn't oh, that bad. Sure, I meant to say Sherlock Holmes, which I really did not uh, like. Yes, yeah. I really did Especially not. Especially like. that second one. Oh lord! And but but this is a uh, I don't know. I feel like 
just because I was paying more attention here, but at the height of his powers, and it's it feels almost like a sequel to Lockstock because there's mm-hmm. even though it's not the same cast, everyone's playing the exact same type of person. <laughs> Everyone except for Brad Pitt. I think we all secretly wish we were Brad Pitt's a meek build, but we can hit knock everybody out in one punch. Sorry, that's mm. us guys. Uh, but no, you can include me in on that too. Yeah, yeah, I bet yeah. you I bet she would. I have to get you a stepladder. I'm sorry, Sarah. And, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, there's just so many, there's so many goofy characters running around and everyone is double crossing everybody else. And yeah, it ends up just being a good time. I mean, even though my complaint is always that Guy Ritchie just, he, he finds, he will go too crazy with style in yep. moments where it is not necessary at all, just because mm-hmm. he wants to. I think it's almost the most embarrassing here. There's a Gerard Butler in, movie in here in his repertoire that's a little worse, but mm. it's it's mm. it's the given that this is the most dated. Yeah, there's a couple of stylized sequences where some incredibly obnoxious Ocean's Eleven montage music kicks on with mm. the narration, cameras slowing up and speeding up and yeah. slowing down. It's just like really, this is so See, fucking obnoxious. But what he didn't know is. <laughs> Well, We'd already got there. We'd always nicked his stuff. And Bricktop yeah. was fighting him to the fucking pigs. <laughs> I, do, I do love Bricktop. Bricktop is it's a great name for a person, and that guy's teeth amaze me. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, th- I did not rewatch this, but I wanted to. But honestly, the reason I didn't rewatch it in time for to talk mm-hmm. about it is because it came down to two movies I had left that I wanted to watch this and, an- and another one that's coming up in 2010. But I also knew I had to keep like half an eye on something else that I had to work on. Mm-hmm. And I-, I was like, well, I can't pick Snatch because... I can't understand what anyone's saying unless I have the subtitles on. It, so. is, it is fully. I can't involved. be like working on other work and just have it on and know what's going on. I've got to read it. The Lockstock DVD had a fucking glossary either yeah. in in the DVD or in the special features, so you could understand. Like you don't need to understand what they're saying; it's how they're saying it. Cockney slang, the rhyming stuff, blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah. But this, yeah, this is a fully involved film. Fully involved. Lots of things mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. And, and I watched it so much, and I don't mean to shit on it. It's just that, like, I don't know. The thing that happens when you're a pretentious young person, I'm a big fan of this, and all of a sudden everybody is, and now I don't like it. That's uh, That yeah. was my thing with Guy Ritchie. That's annoying. Don't do that. I know. I don't do it anymore, but, like, he didn't yeah. didn't really help by making the swept away movie after that. And, like, well, good call on me. I bailed early. I, <laughs> I got out early. Did anyone watch Swept Away? Uh, I've seen it. Diana, probably. Not me. Both versions. <laughs> yep. I've seen both versions. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. What am I going to do when we get there? Die, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I'll take it. But I do want to see his new movie very much. I heard it was pretty great. Guy Ritchie's new movie? Is it The Gentleman? It's got Matthew McConaughey yeah. in it. He's, oh, he's... yeah. That was like one of the last ones to come out in theaters, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Before yeah. we all went underground. Yeah. So as soon yeah. as it hits the right places, I will give it a watch. I do not mean to shit on Snatch. It's just I watch it like 20 times and finding out people I hate loved it like hurt <laughs> It's a watch it again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but I could talk more about television. The only thing notable in television, the Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show has its finale after 40, 40 tight years. Yeah. 40 tight years. Uh, yeah. It's under a variety of, of different titles. But yes. yeah, it's basically here's a block of Warner, Warner Brothers cartoons. It began, Diana, in 1960 in prime time. Some of the most sought after pieces of lost animation are the. Well, because. <laughs> Because when they animated the wraparounds for this, it was still like there was still Warner Brothers animation happening there. It was just the end. Mm. So the end of Warner Brothers illustrious theatrical short career from 19 the 19 late 20s into the 1960s was this show. 
all of a sudden, uh, Bugs Bunny has his own show in primetime. No, there's no such thing as animated primetime shows at this point. But Bugs Bunny is showing his old cartoons. It's sort of a hit. And they bust it down to Saturday morning after two years. And there it stays until the 2000s. And um, it it was the the end of the run of Saturday morning cartoons. I remember Mm -hmm. watching. It, it like was. after that, then it's going to be golfer news. There's a there's a sad story there, and a lot of that involves corporate acu- acquisitions. And that mm. I I would love to watch this on Saturday mornings. Um, oh, what heights will hit? Come on with the show. This is it. Because <laughs> they had rights to cartoons that I couldn't see on Cartoon Network or TNT or Nickelodeon or public domain syndication wherever because you could see Looney Tunes fucking everywhere. But there were certain cartoons, like some of the later ones, the hillbilly ones you could only see on Saturday mornings uh, on the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show or whatever we're calling it. And then Cartoon Network was just like, no one gets the rights to this anymore. And whether or not the show could have kept going, but Cartoon Network said, it's ours now. And sure. here we are in a world where they don't play any of these anymore. And like, <laughs> Why did you just let it, let it alone? Because like, uh, for me, again, I could talk forever about this. Um, I think the golden age of animation, as they call it, was kind of held aloft by the Looney Tunes. Disney locked it, locked away their theatrical short cartoons well before Warner Brothers ever did. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, once the Disney Channel came out, like you could not see a Donald Duck Mickey Mouse cartoon on television except for like a couple times a year in like a Christmas package or something or buy them on expensive collections. But the Warner Brothers cartoons aired on a billion different channels. And if you're if you're. Under 20 and don't, the only thing you know about Bugs Bunny is Space Jam. It's Warner Brothers' fault. It's it's, because that's the only thing they did with the characters. Instead, they locked them away in in Cartoon Network exclusivity. And I always always tip my head. It's not just that it's a long-running show. 40 years. 40 years for a show to run. That's that from the beginning was reruns. <laughs> Were things that already existed. Five generations of people enjoyed these characters up until this moment. And then like, you know, I was talking to people about HBO Max. I was even talking to Brett about it. Like, where do you find Looney Tunes now? They've scrubbed them from the whole fucking internet. They're gone. And they're locked away behind HBO Max, essentially. Sure, you can find some on Daily Motion. But it kept these characters relevant for like multiple, like, Upwards of five generations from theatrical mm-hmm. release to syndication. And I think that's amazing. And, I, and it, again, Looney Tunes to me are some of the just they hold up better than anything has ever held up ever. Those Amen. things outside of certain racial depictions, rapiness and wartime stuff like it's comedy in its purest form. It'll it works the same level. Stick a dynamite, a kick in the ass, a mallet hmm. running after a cat. It all fucking works. And, Has anything ever been better than Rabbit of Seville? Yeah, yeah. I put that to you, sir. Yes. I'm I'm dating a barber and she's like, no, no, this is our thing. <laughs> we, know, <laughs> we, know, we know this very well. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I can't say enough cool things about this show. We talked about it um, on our Laser Time episode, The Death of Saturday Morning, just because, mm-hmm. again, three to four, five generations experienced reruns of this on Saturday morning. And don't get to have anything like that now. New Looney Tunes Tunes show is good. I'm not saying that. It's just that HBO Max is an expensive subscription that I personally wouldn't pay for right now. Couldn't pay for right now. Thank you, Car, and (laughs) an upcoming Shudder subscription for Halloween. Uh, But uh, yeah, they're locked behind a barrier, and that sucks. They've never been there. The Disney cartoons have, but um, not the Looney Tunes. I'll shut up. I'm being incoherent now. Speaking Mm -hmm. of incoherence. We'll do a whole show about the games, and I don't know if Chris Baker is going to join us again, but I hope he does because Spider-Man for PlayStation is out, and that is that is the first game to 
like show Spider-Man's potential in games. Spider-Man is still uh, a valuable video game character for how well this performed. Spider-Man in an open world swinging around a real-life Manhattan with building and character appearances that are so numerous they could never fit into a movie, let alone a trilogy of movies. It was for Spider-Man fans. It was astonishing, and like you're not going to see him standing on the Baxter Building where the Fantastic Four live anywhere else but a game. But here he is doing it in 3D from the people who brought you Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And we'll talk more about that on Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime and WWF Royal Rumble is out now, and that is back when WWE had. And every wrestling outfit had multiple games every year, sometimes based off of an c- upcoming pay-per-view instead of just one game a year. <laughs> That's <laughs> all you get. But let's head out of the year 2000 with the hardest part of breaking up uh, is getting your stuff back from my together. Why die? Because it's, it's fun. Because it's fun. Because mm-hmm. it's good. And, and true. And true. Yeah. And true. So stay right there, people. We got a lot, a lot of stuff to go over in the year 2010. Stay right there. Breaking up. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the Laser Time Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. Going to Disneyland for the first time, that's all wrapped up in Tron Legacy's promotion that sort of took over the whole park, making yeah. making me feel like, yes, Chris, everything you like is special and will remain special forever. And, and now I go you to know, the park. Chris, to, to the previous generation, Tron was the coolest bad movie they'd ever seen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it's, I love it. Is it really, though? It's not, it's not bad. It's just not an amazing movie. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty good movie with amazing special effects for the time. Yeah, yeah, it's an accurate assessment. And uh, yeah, if you were at any of the cons, they built that whole bar from Tron Legacy and brought in like and brought that arcade that was at Disneyland and attached it to yeah. it. Yeah, it was even better at, at, at San Diego Comic Con than it was. I at know. Dis- I, I still have um, all over my house because I went to all those cons and then I went to Disneyland during that. What do you even call those? The, the, the 80s, the, the coin vagina pouches. That, yeah, I know exactly uh, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know, I know what you're those. talking about. Yeah, those, those like rubber things. Yes, that you would, like squeeze. Yes, yeah. that you squeeze, and and, and they, I have a ton of exclusive Flynn's Arcade tokens. I, uh, I'm yes. getting really bad thoughts about how the pocket pussy was invented. Now that you say that, like, some dude yeah. it's fetching change. It the was. Wrong uh, you're right. It's it's Roy yeah. Disney's greatest accomplishment. <laughs> That's it's like um, I, I fetching change the wrong way. It's just like oh, my other hand is full. I guess I'll use my dick to fish these quarters out. <laughs> Need to do laundry. Man. Also, I'm a scumbag. I was a terrible description because that was even in my childhood. That was one of the dumbest objects in my house I could have had sex with. <laughs> So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yay! 3020! 
Mr. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of August 28th through September 3rd, yeah, let's, we have a, a more recent recommend for once. Uh, 40 years ago this week, 1980, saw the release of Atlantic City, directed by Louis Maul, starring Burt Lancaster and Susan Sarandon. Uh, I admit, I only caught up with this one in my quest to see every movie ever nominated for Best Picture. And I was just sort of like, well, this sounds like it might kind of be a drag because it's about like, oh, this guy is sort of past his prime. He's an old broken down guy. And it's about how broken down Atlantic City is. Oh, this is going to suck. And it turned out to be like really not depressing. Uh, The acting is fantastic. Susan Sarandon, as always, is just killing it. And Burt Lancaster, a lot lot of the, you know, the classic stars, they aged not great. And they started making shaky ass movies. But he is just like perfectly cast as like a guy who used to be a tough guy. And now he's just trying to find his where he can still exist like still feel not even important just like i feel like he has purpose in life and and it's a a nice little movie atlantic city from 1980 and i should mention um i haven't mentioned it in a while that if you are trying to catch up you like missed what we talked about in classic corner or like we were talking about a movie and you missed the title and you want to go back and everything all of classic corner and every movie we recommend for 1990 2000 2010 we have lists on likewise as at 302010podcast or 02010 podcast. And I keep lists on Letterbox under listeningerd, L E C I N E N A R D. And there's a list of every movie we have ever recommended and all like, I don't know, 200 or something classic corners. So if you want to catch up looking for recommendations, they're all in one spot. So that's it for this week. Stay classic. Everyone, recycle, because Disturb said so. (laughs) 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 This video is hysterical. These lyrics are hysterical. I am in tears right now. Another way to die by Disturb is bringing us in from 2010. I believe, listen, it's Diana's favorite band. Um, Played played so much of their music at their their wedding. Oh, wow. Uh, Wait, is that them? Are they the wah-ah-ah-ah people? They, this is they, or yes, oh, um, yes, off of right. off of the it's album. Diane, just say it, Diane. <laughs> it's off the album Asylum. Yeah, I, I forgot to add the name. I don't of the need album. to sound like a genius. They're like crazy people. Uh-huh. Maybe like the world is an asylum. Oh, what? dude! I thought the world was a vampire. Dude, <laughs> someone read my live journal. Fuck me. Uh, welcome to 2010, uh, August 28th to the 3rd. That's another way to die by Disturbed, because they have a new album out this week, Asylum, as does uh, What Lies Beneath by uh, Tarja, uh, Something for the Rest of Us by Goo Goo Dolls, Barking by Underworld, Flamingo by Brandon Flowers of The Killers, and Women um, and the Children Last of Murder Do- by Murder Dolls, uh, Love the Way You Lie by Eminem and Rihanna, still number one. Mm. Oh. Oh, still. And God damn it. Jesus, 2010 seems the wrong time for like half of those bands. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I had some really, really, really dumb tech news, um, if you guys are ready for it. Because this shouldn't even qualify as news. I promise this was something held by Samsung to promote their new Galaxy phone. But remember, we're, we're, what, three years into the smartphone? Yeah. We're three years into the smartphone. Melissa Thompson of Salford, England, types a complex sentence on a Samsung Galaxy S to become the new Guinness World Record holder for the fastest typing on a phone. 
You ready for this sentence? It sucks. The razor-toothed piranhas of the Ganera Samalius and the Pegasus are the most ferocious freshwater fish in the world. In reality, they seldom attack a human. She typed that perfectly in 25.94 seconds. And I, I love that, like, 80-year-old typists everywhere, like, rolling their eyes. What? They're like, like please. We never had autocorrect. are like, uh, have you ever done any sort of criminal court proceeding? Yes, yeah, stenographers <laughs> everywhere are just like, why is this news? Yeah. <laughs> why is this news? We still have those, right? Yes. Stenographers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we know a stenographer. I was, I was bumbling with a stenographer, and she was shocked that I knew another stenographer. You're <laughs> 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 um, uh, doing everyone's secrets. <laughs> mm. And on the 28th, um, there's a little bit of news. Yick. Glenn Bat. My dad and I were talking about him today. Host the Restoring Honor Rally at the Lincoln Memorial on the anniversary of MLK's March on Washington. Drawing Ooh. about 87,000 racist fans. It says fans here. I didn't mean that. Glenn Beck is the worst, and he was still on Fox at this point. Oh, he's very popular still on Fox. Oh, yeah. And we, my dad and I were talking about them like, oh, yeah, before Glenn Beck left Fox. I'm like, he didn't leave Fox. Fox is like, this guy's fucking nuts. Let's give him the rest of his contract and let him walk away and do whatever he wants to do. He's making us on Fox uncomfortable 10 years ago. Which, do whatever he wants to do, which means form his own cable network called The Blaze. Yes, Mm. but but now none of us have had to see that. And I don't don't think anybody's being converted over to The Blaze. And he just does like mad press tours like, I don't like Trump now. I grew a goatee and I'm a a different person. And he's a liar. Because he's just yep. drumming up support for his Blaze site. He's exactly the same. And- now, in 2010, when he's throwing this restoring Honor rally, why do you think he thought that Honor had somehow left the United States? Why do you think he thought it was honorable to do it on the, on the same day as the MLK rally? What do you think that could mean? Mm, I don't know. I don't know, but I seem to remember pretty much January 21st, 2009, I suddenly heard a lot about taking the country back. Oh, you don't say. You think it's the same kind of honor that had a uh, a record number of Confederate monuments erected in the 60s? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Honor. Same. Restoring honor. And this is wonderfully parodied a few months later by The Daily Show, Colbert Report, and was hilarious and drew, like, I think, twice the amount of fucking people. No, it's almost three times as many people. (laughs) (laughs) Just to make fun of this. You guys saw. Anyway. Uh, 2010, ladies and gentlemen, August 28th through September 3rd. Let's talk about the movie, shall we? Going the Distance. Drew Barrymore, Justin Long, Charlie Day, uh, Christina Applegate, Ron Livingston, Jim Gaffigan, Rob Riggle, and Jason Sudeikis. I All wonderful people. Mm-hmm. I don't care about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I like him a lot. On September 3rd. Hey! Your voice just went up like 12 octaves, Mariah. Use, use your low voice. One long-distance relationship. Keep it light. Disease-free and light. <laughs> As everyone talking. Can you see other people? You don't know what he's doing right now. She's definitely going to dump you for not having a tan. That's true. That's like poison! You have a handprint on your crotch. I really want to come out and see you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm eating at a dinner table. They're the ones going the day. <laughs> I, it's still weird to me. Like, I'm not like the biggest Jim Gaffigan fan, but like every time I see him show up in a normal movie, I'm like, this just got a thousand times better. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw this movie when it came out and I watched most of it more recently just to revisit it. It's definitely one of those movies where 
I don't love the two leads, Drew Barrymore and Justin mm-hmm. Long. They're fine, mm-hmm. but they're not what I enjoy in my comedies. But everyone around them is so good and so funny. And the storyline, like, it's it's not the worst romantic comedy we've seen, certainly. And <laughs> I actually find it to be pretty sweet and charming and not um, not as not as painful as if you don't like romantic comedies, it's certainly not the worst one you're going to see. <laughs> I mean, if you don't like romantic comedies, you don't like romantic comedies. That's just, that's okay. But, um, but it definitely eschews a lot of the tropes that you would think are, would, they would fall into. I, I and think- it's certainly much better than the previous Drew Barrymore, Justin Long vehicle that we talked about last year. <laughs> He's just not that into you, which was hmm. absolutely dreck. So this is actually pretty cute, pretty funny, and worth a watch just to see some of the greatest comedic talent of our time (laughs) surrounding them, including also Kristen Shaw is very good in this. Mm. It's like everyone has like really good little lines and Christina Applegate talking about dry humping Jim Gaffigan as a married (laughs) couple is just delightful. (laughs) It's just so good. Like, so yeah, I I actually recommend going the distance. I think it's pretty cute, pretty charming. And uh, you could do a lot worse if you're looking at a romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, my goodness. I, I still, I need to watch this whole thing. Rose McGowan, Michelle Rodriguez, Lindsay Lohan, Robert De Niro, Jessica Alba, Danny Trejo, topping the film. That is like the oddest fucking cast read I've ever done. <laughs> Machete. Machete. I know the legend. That's him. C-I-F-B-I-D-E-A, I'll roll up in the wolves. He's <laughs> coming after us. <laughs> This movie is really, really, really fun. So I was so tempted to just put the trailer from Grindhouse in here because Robert Rodriguez goes back and slavishly makes sure everything that is in the fake trailer in Grindhouse is in the real movie, Machete. I I was shocked this exists because Grindhouse, while to me was one of the most perfect things I ever saw in theaters, did so horribly that like... I remember Robert Rodriguez talking at the time, like, yeah, we're talking about making the Machete trailer into a movie. I'm like, well, that's never going to happen now. And somehow it did. And like, mm-hmm. I keep seeing it pop up on streaming services. I think it's on streaming on Netflix. Um, yeah, Machete, I think, has found an audience, like in a way that Grindhouse sort of didn't. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. Well, I think the reason is American treasure Danny Trejo. Yeah. Mm. Because Danny Trejo is the best and we love him and... I will be very upset if anything bad ever happens to him because he is like the best guy. Everything I've ever heard about him is about how he's the best guy, which considering he was a gang member who spent a lot of his life in San Quentin is kind of unexpected. But he's a guy who always show up, always give 110%. He will do student films. He will do nonprofit stuff. He doesn't care anything. Hey, he will show up on this past season of Top Chef. He'll show up on Top Chef. (laughs) In a quick fire challenge where all the contestants had to make something for him only using a machete to cut their food oh, in preparation. <laughs> it was one of the more great. wild quick fire challenges I had seen. And that Danny Trejo is. was good giving and game for all of it. GG. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is seriously read up on him. He, he's an amazing person. And yeah, he he's the kind of guy that should have his own grindhouse movie. That's perfect. I mean, he's already in the, the spy kids movie. It's uncle machete. <laughs> but I guess that's a different character. I mean, and 
he should have sure. his own everything morning yes. chat show cooking show <gasps> yes yeah, fixing w- a house with bob vila I, let's <laughs> do it i'm the type of guy i hate any breaking bad merchandise i really do mm-hmm. except if you got me a turtle with danny trejo's head on it like that <laughs> that would that would go above the fireplace should i ever have one oh that was such a like a tv fuck you fuck yes. your f- fuck what you think is going to happen because danny trejo shows up and you're like oh shit he's going to be the big bad and i was like, oh no he's turning he's turning fed and you're like oh no he's gonna fuck no he's gone no no he's the t-rex at the beginning of jurassic park three where he's here to be murdered to show you how badass the other people are and now a turtle has a cool hat <laughs> <laughs> and, and and this got a sequel too like just like oh that how... sequel is unwatchable though is it? it i cannot tell you to avoid the sequel harder i was so disappointed because i want to just yeah just ratchet up the crazy i mean mm-hmm. this has plenty of crazy but there's you know fair amount of political in there but you know latino and tejano rights and and feeling like oh you don't belong in this country and it's like um my people have been here longer than yours we didn't move anywhere you know it's, <laughs> we didn't cross the border the border crossed us and, and and just i remember the time like what what can't robert rodriguez do and then robert de niro shows up in this and this is sort of before <laughs> robert de niro will just kind of be in anything he's on like he feels like he's on a 10-year farewell tour for <laughs> all the acting he did in the, the 70s and 80s. But uh, I was shocked. I was so shocked to see Robert, like Robert De Niro in a Robert Rodriguez movie. It's exact. It's everything you think it is. It's 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 just that. I don't feel like watching this kind of thing all the time, but every couple of months, man, I could do for a machete movie. Yeah. Machete. And, machete. Uh, and uh, who doesn't want to see Don Johnson occasionally acting next to Lindsay Lohan? <laughs> I'm cool with seeing Don Johnson occasionally. I love seeing Don Johnson. He, that dude is great. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, the movie I didn't see this week but meant to. <laughs> oh, I hope one of you did. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll yeah. Talk about, like, I hate boring titles. Mm. And if you have to see the movie to make the title interesting, you failed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying you just have to name it like you have to do that like office Christmas party thing. <laughs> like this <laughs> just is what it is. What movie that came out last year in 2020 could we not call the American? Mm. And <laughs> mm. so, but that's what this is called with George Clooney. It's number one at the box office this week. The American. You are American. See. On vacation. On working vacation. Perhaps you do not have a woman in your life. Someone tracked me down. Look, if anyone's compromised security, it was you. George Clooney. What side are you on? The American. What the fuck is this movie oh, about? Man. This trailer makes okay. it sound a lot more exciting than it is. Oh, no. Born Identity, this is not. Mm. This movie should just be called Sad Gunman Hangs Out in Italy. <laughs> I Yeah, I just want to call it Narrow narrow with cobblestones <laughs> because that's what the whole movie is george clooney is he's not even an assassin he's like a he's specialty a, gun maker for he's assassins. a fancy gun maker like yeah hmm. and he's you know oh no bad guys are after him so he's hiding out in this like super quaint adorable little italian village and it's mostly him just walking narrow cobblestone streets in the italian village looking sad yeah that's about it so, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed that part because, like, I miss travel and I want to go to quaint Italian oh. villages and walk around. Mm-hmm. It's but, beautiful. 
Yeah, it's and it's directed by uh, Antine Cor Corbine, Cor Corbine. I never know how to say his name. Who's uh, mostly yeah, a, a music cool. video guy, so it's not expecting mm -hmm. slow meditative from him, but it's very slow and meditative. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's very very pretty, and if you want to go to Italy, miss being in Italy, have feelings about Italian food and culture. This is not a bad movie to watch, but it is. I, it's it's ponderous. I yeah, like I like how schlocky we are this episode. Our big recommends are Machete and Cecil B. Demented. <laughs> <laughs> I think it means that we're all in a mood. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this one is like, well, I don't feel bad that I watch it. I can think I can see a lot of people watching this and being like, well, what the mm -hmm. fuck was the point of that? Yeah, mm. nothing fucking happened. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is the one I watched instead of Snatch because I had a feeling I could probably just keep one eye on this, and that's mm -hmm. true. It's very beautiful people, very beautiful George Clooney, and very beautiful countryside. A lot of boobs. I don't know, man. I don't know what else to say about it, honestly. But nope. but practically action-free. Yes. Yeah. The, that trailer is extremely misleading. But that's, I don't know. That's, that's this week in the 2010s. It's not just that we're less nostalgic for it. We looked into everything. And even yeah. looking at it now, like, God damn, there's got to be a banger this week. And it's difficult to find, even on television, especially in America. But thankfully, the Brits, they're having some finales over there. Yeah. Mm. They have two notable finales. Mm -hmm. uh, first, the, the finale of The Bill, which mm -hmm. is kind of, it's like their, their cop show. Mm -hmm. They ran 26 seasons. What? Well, <laughs> yeah 26 seasons and then a couple days before that was the finale of last of the summer wine which is the longest running show in or longest running fictional series in uk history and what? the longest running live action sitcom in the world wow. 31 what? seasons <laughs> last of the summer wine started in 1973 holy shit and what? it's serious the whole show is pretty much just like a couple old dudes in a little village. Someone gets drunk and falls off a wall. <laughs> sold. I am sold. It is such a low stakes show that like grandparents would like. But, right. but that many seasons for us. Well, it's got to be like the British sitcom stuff, like six episodes. It's all you get. And yeah. <laughs> we'll, dis we'll disappear for three or four years and you get six new ones. Years. You know what? <laughs> Let me look up. How many episodes are we talking? Because you're right. It's like 48. <laughs> <laughs> 295 episodes all right, all right. That's, enough. that's enough wow yeah once you yeah. reach this the half point of the simpsons that's a, just a respectable amount of episodes mm -hmm. <laughs> and um i am seeing uh, a show i don't know much about but i only know because of it, the pedigree involved uh fish hooks a disney channel show you know i'm fucking 30 i'm not what i don't have cable i'm not watching the disney channel fish hooks a show created by noah jones but it's uh Creative director is Alex Hirsch from Gravity Falls fame, and the, one of the lead voices is Justin Roiland, creator and voice of Rick and Morty, who's a voice in the show. And I just remember reading about that when getting into Gravity Falls and Rick and Morty. I've never gone back to track down fish hooks. Let me know if I should. LaserTimePodcast.com. Also this week, the American Emmys. Yes! <laughs> who's hosting this? Who has, who has the... One, James Fallon. James Fallon? Oh, dude, this is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. I'm like Steve <laughs> Bull's kid. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. Just watch it. <laughs> With some impressions peppered in, uh, the Emmys this week. is, is what's, the, what's the biggest thing to go down in the Emmys? Can we, uh, Modern Family wins Best Comedy, and I think it's first season. Okay, because so this yeah, is when Modern Family is like solidified. It's like, this is a... I've seen 
I've seen like the first season of Modern Family. I don't mm. get it. I, <laughs> I think everybody oh. on it is funny. I think the but I think the format is a little rote, and I I just don't understand. I don't know. Is it a show worth looking into a little more? Um, it's. I think it's the best of that kind of genre. Um, mm, as far Parks as like a family Rick. comedy oh. goes, it's comedy goes like it's the best you can get from there. Yeah. And at that time, I think it did a really good job of showing a lot of different kinds of families mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. not super strong on the diversity front as far as racially goes but um you know got a lot of attention for showing lots of different types of families yeah. you get to picture yeah. uh, ed o'neill fucking sofia vergara as if that yeah. is something that and should be justified and it's consistent now that it's on you know syndicated like yeah. all the time i'll end up picking up an episode from all kinds of different seasons and being like yeah i'm still i'm still getting at least three good laughs an episode yeah solid think- show my feelings about Modern Family is that I think the writing is really funny and mm. really good. But if you watch it sequentially, like I did, like I started in 2010 and watched it for like at least three or four seasons. Mm. And then I fell off because I did get really tired of the character archetypes. Mm-hmm. Like they they did start to wear on me as like a little bit one note. Like the wife's like this and the goofy husband's like this, you know. And right. there wasn't a lot of growth there that and that kind of wore on me. But if you take each episode, I think, as like a single episode, it's solid. As solid as anything you're going to find, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I would watch it. I wouldn't binge it. If yeah, I watched a bunch right. in a row, I'd probably get sick of it. Yeah, yeah but exactly. if I tell the kids out there it took it over thirty rock curb your enthusiasm in the office, even I get a little upset. So just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so a big thing that happened during this at primetime Emmy Emmy Awards is that Top Chef won for outstanding reality competition program. Ooh. But previous to that, so that category got was first came about in 2003 from 2003 until this Emmy awards in 2010, the amazing race won every single year. This is the first year someone other than the amazing race won for outstanding reality competition. And it was top chef, which is great because I absolutely love top chef. And this is uh, Jim Parsons first Emmy win for Sheldon. I think so. (laughs) I think it's just, yeah, it's probably Mm -hmm. his first one. Cause then we started talking about the show beginning I think in 07. In 2007. Yeah. But nobody tends to win an acting Emmy in their first season of a non-drama. Mm. Um, almost ever. And mm. except, but except, except for a drama. For... Except for Edie Falco, which, what is Nurse Jackie? I remember like watching it like, oh. wait, what is this? I'm sad. I'm laughing. This is Nurse... Yeah, Nurse Jackie is great. I mean, it's a typical Showtime dramedy. Um, and again, I think it probably falls prey to the Showtime curse of having really only good the first two seasons being really good. But mm. I watched the whole run of it, and I really did enjoy most of it. And Edie Falco, of course, is just oh, the best. She chef's kiss all the way. Mm. I really love her. <laughs> a little guy named Brian Cranston wins for a show called Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Breaking Bad mm-hmm. uh, wins an award for being a good show. Weird. Never heard of it. Um, and Keir Sedgwick wins for The Closer. I, you tell me. You TNT watchers out there, you got to home inform us. Bring us up to date. Mm. on what's going down on the channel that knows drama well enough to air wrestling two nights a week. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> outstanding lead actor in a miniseries, Al Pacino's Deal with the Devil and HBO, finally paying off for Jack of and You Don't Know Jack. And Temple Grandin wins a bunch of Emmys, including uh, lead actress for Claire Danes and uh, Temple Grandin. 
based on Temple Grandin. Sorry if that was confusing. Say uh, it one more time. Temple Grandin. <laughs> Temple Grandin. <laughs> I will pray at the altar of the Temple Grandin anytime you want. I <laughs> love my autistic horses. I misunderstood what that movie was about. Uh, um, it <laughs> um, and I'm trying to see if there's anything else uh, I can see that I love here. No, it looks like, yeah, that um, mm. Breaking Bad took you know a bunch of the acting awards but then Mad Men won outstanding drama and I would I would ask Fair. listeners to take note when we talk about the Emmys again no Netflix no Amazon Prime no Hulu um, yep. that is going to change so much over the next two years it's going to get ridiculous because um, my whole life HBO swept the Emmys and mm-hmm. I feel like most people younger than me their whole life's Streaming services have swept the Emmys. Uh, video games 2010, to be brief. Again, we will talk about this way, way more on patreon.com slash laser time with our video game experts from Video Game Apocalypse, Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Parras, and Maddie Allen. Uh, Castle Crashers comes to PS3. Metroid Other M comes to Wii, and I have a lot of negative things to say about that. That should <laughs> try the patrons. Mm-hmm. And Valkyria Chronicles 2 and Ace Combat Joint Assault hit the PSP, and that about wraps up. The video, the notable video games for that week. Once again, I want to thank uh, our patrons. I want to thank our executive producer, Rafael Marguea, uh, and our many other fine Marguia, our many many other fine patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. Price of five bucks. Hopefully, I'm still working on trying to get you guys pump up the volume. I really am. I I don't know how to do it exactly, uh, given certain bandwidth restrictions and legalities, but I'm trying. Uh, again, you can watch it on YouTube if you would like. Uh, we'll we'll post something over, over there, I promise, once I can get this figured out. Please leave us a comment or lasertimepodcast.com, 302010.net, or uh, 302010podcast. Right, Dime? Yep. On the Twitter, at 302010podcast. Yeah. Yep. Got, uh, yeah, been having some fun messages and stuff. Uh, someone tagged us to let us know that the Rewatchability Podcast, which is way more popular than us and has, like, fancy professional writers they did a pump up the volume episode too and they said pretty much everything that we said uh in three times as long <laughs> so that made me feel pretty cool mostly they just all talked about like they had giant crushes on samantha mathis as the kids and that oh, was kind yeah. of fun but they covered so much of what we covered it was like oh so validating to hear other people being like yeah this is about ex- you know self-expression with teenagers and like how long until they have live journals and tiktoks and ways to express themselves and i was like yeah yeah and, and the moral in the end of the movie not again will not spoil the ending is just like keep expressing yourself keep yeah. expressing yourself no one person can express you better than you uh it's it's a great film and i, I really hope more people see it because of that i really do and it's it, you're right it's one of the few times i don't see a lot of feedback and i'm like i never hear things start with chris was right or or, or took Chris's recommendation it was good and I heard that about pump up the volume so I'll take credit for that as if I had anything to do with pump up the the volume but but it's just the movie's good yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I was so ready to just be so cringy and like oh god I can't believe I like this and just being like god damn that was so much better than that was even better now I like it better now than I did as a teenager I told y'all I told y'all oh shit I even left my notes behind while we're at the end spoiler uh, Parker Lewis. <laughs> Parker Lewis has been referenced in songs by Fall Out Boy, Naughty by Nature, SWV, and Childish Gambino. Ch- Parker <laughs> Lewis Dang. has been referenced in a lot wow. of music. Um, but yes, that's the only dumb thing I have left in my notes. And that Roald Dahl hated the witches. Whoops, I didn't have this up the whole time. My bad. But uh, with that out of the way, we got to tell you who died and who lived, who was born and who died. Who died during this period of 302010, Diana? Nobody! What? Yay! I, mean, I didn't find 
any famous people that died. Other than maybe one of your loved ones that we couldn't find on the internet. Um, Godspeed yeah. to all of them. But August 28th to September 3rd, nobody who had been nominated for awards was, was, was nope. dead. Nobody that mm. jumped out at me. And I'm mm. a history dork, so <laughs> I'm sure there's I'm sure there's plenty of people I missed. I should say that you can, besides following the show on Twitter at 302010podcast, 302010podcast, you can follow me at listeningnerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, and... Big tease for next week. Get ready because Chris is going to go off oh, because we have two animation blocks debuting oh, in 1990. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh, no. This is going to be awful for everyone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 It's, it's going to be rough. But mm-hmm. on the other side of that, we are going to get into a limo that's got fresh on the license plate. Yeah, life at, uh, live from a pool house is something to celebrate. You check mm-hmm. that out in your which your I, I was just on. Uh, hopefully, yeah. that'll be up soon. Anyway, hey. now that deaths are done, deaths it's birthdays. Birthdays. Oh, birthday is a doodly do, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong do. It's me, Sarah. No, last week. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, normally I like to go for people who are having like a round number birthday, a 50th birthday, a 60th birthday. And instead, I thought we would highlight someone that, you know, is just has become so beloved. So turning 56, born September 2nd, 1964 in Beirut, Lebanon. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> damn. You pulled a Sarah. Wow. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I wanted to let you go, but Sarah's kicked. She has kicked my dick in for like 16 weeks straight. <laughs> so I, I had to take it from Are her. You starting to do research? Are you trying to? Cheat? No, no. I, I told you guys off mic that I just watched Bill and Ted one and two in a row. That's and true. Then, and then watch the documentaries on the new Shout Factory DVDs. And Keanu talks about that. Like, he, and if you if you see his uh, Between Two Ferns, <laughs> which I just saw for some reason, he talks about that. Ah. Oh, damn, I gotta watch that. All right, well, let me give you the rundown anyway. Uh, Yeah, he was born in Beirut, of all fucking places, to an English mother and a father who did time in Hawaii for selling heroin. Uh, Then dad abandoned the family, and mom moved to Australia, then New York, then Toronto by the time he was eight. Wow. He also got married, like, four times. Um, He got expelled from several high schools for being too rambunctious, and like a lot of people we have talked about, they found acting helped them calm down and focus. Mm Mm-hmm. That's come up, like, a lot of times on the show. I yeah. think that's really... That's cool. Anyway, here are all the movies we've ever talked about on this show. <clears throat> Youngblood, Prince of Pennsylvania, Feeling Minnesota, Private Lives of Pippoli, I Love You to Death, River's Edge, Parenthood, A Scanner Darkly, Dangerous Liaisons, The Replacements, Day the Earth Stood Still, Remake, Lake House, Chain Reaction, Devil's Advocate, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and The Matrix. No. Was, wow. it, was Prince of Pennsylvania... I remember we talked about... Was he in... I want. I wanted to name check it and pump up the volume where that person, that popular person, kills themselves out of nowhere. Oh, permanent record. Okay, permanent record. I think that might have been made for TV. Okay. I know I watched it in school. Right. right. Mm. I, was, I, was, yep. I was thinking about that, and I was like, I'm not going to ask Twitter. I'm going to ask Diana next time I talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad I missed the Devil's Advocate conversation. I think that was before oh, my right time there. because. Oh, I love that movie yeah. so much. God damn. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. It's so bonkers. I absolutely love it. Uh, I, I, I got to figure out yeah. a way to talk about it for Spooky Month. I think Keanu Reeves is so beloved. If it was revealed he had a piece of shit period, 
I would just love to hear about it and how he, because mm. like he, when you hear about his background, like yeah, minor, he had almost a child actor given his age, mm-hmm. famous and rich from an early age. Like what prompted him to be be the be the person we wanted to be a big A list actor before we knew that we wanted that. That we yeah. we were just making fun of him eating alone on a bench, but like it turns out that's just who Keanu is. Like he eschews yeah. giant parties and being around people and banging celebrities. He just likes eating yeah. on benches alone. He has <laughs> an artist soul. I I just don't understand. Like why was he such a bad actor for so long? Like well, some sometime after the Matrix, he became a decent actor. I, I think I I, I was <laughs> he talking. He learned acting. Just no, like he knows kung fu. I was I was thinking of talking to my lady about that. He signed up for after the matrix almost exclusively romantic comedies mm-hmm. or things that eschewed what Keanu Reeves did and martial arts and action films. And when you watch the behind the scenes and the Kung Fu movies he does or uh, John Wick, he takes that shit incredibly seriously. He is not Bruce Willis walking on a set day one, pretending he knows how to shoot a gun. Keanu Reeves can be anti-gun and learn all about guns at the same time. He's a mm-hmm. wonderful dude. And like, yeah, have you, if you haven't seen, I've the, always heard, even going back, you know, to like the early '90s, where right. he, he's in so many movies and he's so terrible. But I always heard, oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's a, and he's I was a, like, well, I feel mad that I'm hating him so much in this movie because he sucks as an actor. <laughs> and somewhere along, something magical happened when he started to hit middle age. Yeah, where it just somehow he just started acting. I don't get it. Maybe he's just one of those people who practice makes perfect. He just like, you know, he it's a muscle that got honed and developed, you know? I guess. Let, let me be the person to say, in the Bill and Ted movies, he is phenomenal. In River's yeah. Edge, he is fantastic. Yeah, uh, he's it, good in those. It's in the weird wow. Bram Stoker Dracula is like, a, oh. he's, but he's great in speed. Like, he's great in movies yeah. you don't care about. He's great in chain reaction. Who cares? Like, he's fine. <laughs> Point he's, Break? I love Point Break more than I love, like, at least three quarters of the people I've dated. Like I've, <laughs> I've always loved Point Break more. We went. We, uh, I, I just sent guys you guys an auction. That, that auction I just sent you guys off, Mike, with the shredded pants from. Uh, oh yeah, the, there's a big prop auction going on right now. I should say I actually knew about this a couple of weeks ago, Chris. I didn't yeah. want to tell you because I saw so much stuff from Gremlins Two was for know, sale, and I, I thought you would bankrupt yourself. No, no, it's it's. <laughs> I've already bankrupted myself just by trying to be a professional podcaster. That's all said and done. But it's oh, it's sure. it's. But, but it's more like how funny or how much people want for shit, and it's like I would for Halloween love to display all the president's masks from Point Break. Mm-hmm. Do I $13,000 want to do that? Does anybody for $13,000 want to do that? And if you do that, should we be allowed to kill you? Like, it's, <laughs> to, to raid your shit and kill you. Like, if you have thirteen grand to spend on Point Break memorabilia, your money might be better off when you're gone. And <laughs> What? It's not a, it's not a bad sentiment. I don't know. But if you use them to rob actual banks? Mm, Holy go. shit. Back on board. Holy shit. Come on. Get out there with fucking get out there with the movement. Start throwing rocks in the right places. Anyway, <laughs> patreon.com slash laser time. Not gonna get any people on the right with that one. Uh, that's that's where you can support us uh, and all the shows that we do. New sick of Star Wars coming incredibly soon with New Hope. Um, new bonus time, hopefully, very, very soon. New 30 2010 games very, very soon. And I really would like to return to commentary somehow. Matt's been messing around with some stuff. I just I think we should watch the the Bill and Ted movies before they 
the third one comes out because they're just like Ooh. Bill and Ted has always been like nobody's favorite movie, but they are joyous and nice. And other than, you know, the slurs. <laughs> At one time they used that F slur really hurt. In yeah, the, it's, the it happens one, twice in the second. I, in I, I still haven't rewatched the second in quite some time. But the fact that that's where the, that's the direction they went of like, hey, you know what the kids love? Bergman parodies. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. And that they're somehow respectful from God despite not caring. <laughs> you created Mars, Jupiter. Uranus. <laughs> little guitar. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to Bill and Ted face the music whenever uh, we finally get to see it. Kristen Shaw's the new Rufus. They said it's coming on demand and anywhere anybody wanted to show it. I keep telling nice. Kev, uh, like, let's, let's watch Bill and Ted. That'll be great. Anyway, yeah, that's it for us. Laser Time Podcast. Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Take care of yourselves. Or my mom said I should punch you. No, she said she she said I should knock you out. That's what LL Cool ah. J said. That's what we'll be closing out with. Uh, my favorite LL Cool J song. Really, really big decision damn, between the good. the Deep Blue Sea theme <laughs> and, <laughs> and Mama said knock you out. Come what? on, but Deep Blue Sea theme doesn't have the guy in the background going dance the boogie, dance the boogie. I love that's that. True. I don't know where that sample's from, but I love it so. But much. it does. It is it, deepest bluest. It's not only in my head is like a shark's fin, which is to me is a way of life. Yeah, my head and, is like a shark's fin is the greatest. It is the most elaborate life. lyrics to describe Shark Week you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> Predator doesn't care about your family, beady eyes. <laughs> it's a description of sharks that lasts for five minutes. It's hilarious. <laughs> yes, I think I have to love it as a, someone who loves sharks. Maybe my favorite non-cat animal. We are defenders of sharks and piranhas here. Absolutely. <laughs> 30, 20, 10, laser shark. time. I just bought a pop socket that has a little shark on it. It's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that is it for us. We'll close out with some LL Cool J. Everyone, stay safe. Tell a friend we love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.